0: Welcome to the Fearless Vampire Podcast. I'm on a heartfelt mission through the art of conversation and storytelling to inspire women to pursue their creative entrepreneurial journey with reckless abandon. I'm your host, Taylor, a six-figure photographer and business coach based in Colorado. I'm a right-brain mompreneur to two toddler boys, devoted deep conversation holder, and your personal alpaca cuddle liaison. My hope is that you leave our time together feeling empowered and energized to build your dream life. Learn more at fearlessvampire.com. Okay. Y'all are in for such a treat today. We have Becca from the black diamond copy co. And if copy for your business and website is something that like is a knot in your repertoire and nothing like you're not your strength. You are not alone. That's why there are people like Becca in the world. So Becca owns the black diamond copy co. She's a copywriter who runs a full service copywriting studio. Becca, thank you so much for being here with us today.
1: Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited.
0: Yay. All right. So I'm gonna I just like want to jump right in. Copywriting is not a strength that a lot of entrepreneurs have. And it's not a it's not something that a lot of entrepreneurs realize that they even need until I feel like a lot of us are either eyeballs deep into building a website and we realize I have nothing to talk about, or you've built the website, you put it out there, and you're not attracting your dream clients. So I want to hear where did your love of copywriting come from and more of your story? Like who was Becca before black diamond copy co?
1: Yeah, (laughs) it's such a long story, honestly, because something that I've found is most writers, their dream, like growing up, they're like buried in books. They love the idea of writing and that's all they want to do. I personally did not have that story. I did not.
0: (laughs) You were not a Harry Potter nerd. No, (laughs) I
1: No, that was not my thing. I actually resisted writing so many times. I like did not want to do it. But in college, I ended up switching my major my junior year and I switched to journalism and public relations. But I just wanted to do the PR side and when i met with my advisor he was like well you have to do journalism and i said i don't want to (laughs) i don't want to write like i don't want to do this and he's like well if you want to be in pr you have to do journalism as well they're a combined department and i was like okay put me in i guess i surrender i'll learn how to write and then ironically enough right before the semester started I ended up meeting one of my professors at a pizza place after a bar.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Naturally.
1: (laughs) He ran cross country with my friend that I was with and I didn't know him at all, but she was like, oh, hey, like, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, I'm getting ready to start teaching. And I was like, what are you teaching? And he's like, you wouldn't have me, it's intro classes. And I said, well, I just switched my major to journalism and PR. And he was like, oh, great. I think you're gonna be one of my students. (laughs) But that kind of ended up like roping me into him leaning on me a little bit when one else was like raising their hand. So I'd get roped into answering questions, roped into doing like extra assignments and stuff. And then eventually roped in for being the copy editor of the school newspaper. No
0: Again. way. Oh my yeah. gosh, that's so funny. This was your calling and the universe already knew it. You just had to get on board. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know, right? And guess what I did? I walked into his office and I said, I don't want to do this. <laughs> and he said, Too bad. And I was like, Please don't make me do this. Like I have no interest. And it just a From there, it just spiraled. But I realized the reason that I didn't like writing and resisted it so hard was because I was doing the wrong type of writing.
0: Ooh.
1: I, yeah, I was writing for the sports section. I was writing like a lot of pieces that weren't what I'm interested in. And I really started to develop a love for writing when I started writing for the voices section of the school newspaper and writing my opinions. And I was like, whoa, this is powerful. It's also extremely terrifying to write something, have it published in like ink and have people just read it.
0: It was terrifying. Oh, I can't even imagine. I mean, I can't imagine because I'm a photographer, but writing is not my strong suit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. So once I figured out what I liked doing, it just kind of evolved from there. I started submitting pieces while I was still in college to uh, online publications. That's where I ended up getting hired at a thought catalog, writing a lot of content, editing other people's content, and then kind of transitioned into the marketing piece where I was in charge of everything, including like the new website for the company I worked for. And it just kind of like spiraled in a way when I entered the online world, I marketed myself as a virtual assistant and a social media manager because I wasn't really sure what I could do. I also wasn't even entirely sure what a copywriter would do in that space until I was on Teams as, you know, a VA. And they were like, hey, can you write my emails? Hey, can you write my website? Can you write a sales page? And then I was like, whoa, like this is this is all like coming together now. And this is what I'm really like meant to be doing.
0: That's incredible. And it's so funny that you're, that you fought it so hard, but it was just like this, this fine tuning almost to find that spot where your passion really was, where it all clicked.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I feel like there's no short way. For me to tell my story, it wasn't like, "Well, I've been writing forever, and I just stumbled upon this." It's like, "Well, there was so many steps and a lot of yeah." (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah, if you would have told me when I was like switching my major that I would, you know, be in this position now with a copywriting company, I would have been like, "Yeah, you're crazy."
0: Yeah, right. (laughs) Oh my gosh! So it's here's a funny story. So I was on the yearbook staff in in high school. And I loved the photography side and I thought I loved the writing side. Well, one of my best friends in high school became the editor and she came up to me one day and she was like, Hey, do you think you could just stick to the camera? And I was like, sure. (laughs) And then like, and then like, you know, an hour later I was like, wait a minute, she doesn't like my writing. And so it was at that point that I was like, you know what, I'm just going to stick with the camera and visuals. I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to go there with copy. So Becca... You have such a fine-tuned way, because I've, I've got to work with you personally through a group coaching program with Jenny Maroney, and it was just wonderful to have you a part of that team because you you like enlightened us about so many things that like I would have never thought of, and I've been doing this for 10 years, and I'm married to somebody who, thank goodness, is very good with words and great with website copy, but you have such a finesse about how you how you write and tucking at the heartstrings of the people that you want to reach in such a professional way. Where did that come from? Like why, why sales? Why working with, do you work specifically with women? Do you work with men and women? But like, how did you fine tune this so beautifully?
1: It's I hate this answer, but it kind of just comes naturally to me in a way. That's a beautiful answer. (laughs) Yeah, I know, but I feel like it's not giving anyone helpful tips <laughs> so I'm always trying to do
0: <laughs> other than pursue what you know you're good at.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I would say, for me, it comes naturally, but that's also because again, kind of unlike most writers where you think of writers, they're you know, kind of that picture I painted where they're introverted, you know, they're spending a lot of time reading and in like, I don't know. That's, that's kind of what I picture as a stereotypical writer, just because I've worked with so many other writers so closely. But I'm literally the exact opposite of that. To me, it's so important. I love people. Like, I, I think it's so important to build connections. So my whole life, I've been very extroverted. I've put myself in a lot of situations. I've been around a lot of people from all different backgrounds, all different stories. And I love talking to people. I love learning who they are. So I think just using that background of truly just being like an extrovert. I've also have heard, um, I was having a kind of a similar conversation with my life coach a couple of years ago. And I was saying, you know, for me, it just feels like it comes so naturally, but that's again, not a great thing to tell people. And she also mentioned like with my enneagram being an eight, that has a big effect on it.
0: I love that you're an eight. Are you an eight? <laughs> no, my mom is an eight, though, and <laughs> I'm a I'm an enneagram too. so I am the helper and also a great one. live that fully live that life fully. But yeah. I I love yeah. that you're an eight because you you have this protective side of you. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I mean I've looked into it. I I should look into it more because I do find it very interesting. But you know it's something with. My Okay. So my husband's mom, she's also an eight. My mom is also an
0: eight. So we're a lot of eight I energy. <laughs> Your poor husband with all these powerful women.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. So what my husband's mom kind of used an example that I actually really like, and I think about it a lot when I think about eights is like, she's said something along the lines of, I will pave the way for you. I will chop the whole field down for you, but it's up to you to like still walk through it. And I think in a lot,
0: I just got goosebumps.
1: (laughs) Like I'll do anything in my power to like help you. But at the end of the day, it's like, you also have to like want to do it yourself. So in a way it's kind of like that with copy, like I can write the best copy in the world, but it really comes down to like what my clients are doing to market themselves, to build their own connections, to do all of these things. So when I am writing copy, what I try to do is really put myself in their shoes. I, I, like I said, I feel like I've put myself in a lot of situations in life. I've done a lot of things. I've talked to a lot of people. So for me, I can almost relate to every single client, every single pain point somebody's feeling because of my experiences, which I think, again, is why it comes so naturally to me, which is really impactful when you're writing. But I always like to tell people. Make sure when you're writing that you're not trying to like poke at people and like really dig under their pain points. Like that's not the point of copywriting. It's to just show people that you understand them and that you can help get them to the other side where they truly want to be.
0: I hate, I hate the word pain points. It makes me want to throw up. And and I, I, I had a coach, one of my first coaches that I hired who used that word all the time. What are their pain points? What are their pain points? And I was like, no, nothing about that feels right or authentic. And I ended up not working with that coach anymore because it, it felt so bad. And yeah, copy is not supposed mm-hmm. to be manipulative. It's supposed to be empowering and, and very mm-hmm. and enlightening. And I love, so Becca, I'm, I'm on your website and we align so much on this level where you, you have your website should be the hardest working salesperson on your team. I teach that in my group coaching course. I say your website should be your first and only employee at the beginning. Like it should do everything. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it, it'll work for you twenty four <laughs> seven. But your copy is arguably the hardest part of building a website because, and and you know, a, a e- email list. I mean, it's the hardest part. Like anybody can design, not anybody, but there's so many like you know mm-hmm. templates now to to do a website. Mm-hmm. You just you know plug in, and and you're done. But the copy, at least for from my experience, whenever Mike and I built our websites, it takes forever to get that copy that is intentional, that isn't, I, I hate to say the word dumb, but you can't just say like, I'm a photographer. Like, obviously they're on your website because you're a photographer. Like mm-hmm. you can't state the obvious and then stuff like your, your About Me page. You still have to be talking about your dream client on your about me page when you're talking about yourself. And so copy is, I just, I love that. And it seems like it's such a big part of your business. So tell me more about what that looks like for you, like your website needing to be the hardest working person on your team.
1: Yeah, so I, I think websites are very crucial with connecting with your ideal audience. It's really how they can find you When you're not showing up, like there are plenty of days where I'm not posting on Instagram, not even my Instagram story, because I'm doing something in my life, you know, and my website is always still there. So if somebody does come Mm -hmm. to, you know, they find me on Instagram, let's say I get I get tagged in somebody's story or something and they find me, they can always go to my website and read my copy. They can see what I'm about. And this has happened a lot. People will just reach out and be like, Hey, I found you through Instagram. I found you through this person. And they're reaching out through my website because it resonates with them in some capacity. So it's really important. And I always like to say that your homepage of your website should be the storefront. It is the first place people typically land. So, when they land on your homepage, you want to show them everything that you can offer and really build a deep connection with them there. So, it should kind of contain everything, like at a surface level, though, not in depth, but just enough so that they're interested in reading more. And at the end of the day, that's really all copywriting is it's inspiring somebody to take the next action. And hopefully, then they take enough of those actions to get them where you want them to be. So, if somebody lands on my homepage, they click to my about page, then they click to work with me and then they fill out my contact form. That's great. Like that my copy is then pushing them along the way that it's supposed to. Right. So again, yeah, it's just being really clear and building that connection with. Well, and
0: copy is such, it's, it's one of those, um, I guess like underestimated things because everybody gets so focused on design and what to do with design and how to keep people on the website, but they, they work in tandem together. They have to, you have to have the, the right writing with the right design elements to get people to make that that next move. And you even say it on, on your website, like, are your inquiries down? Are you not getting like messages from the people that you want? Like there's something missing. Um, you have built such a beautiful business. And I want to hear about what, what struggles you had to overcome or limiting beliefs, which you are already kind of touched on. Like, I'm not a Harry Potter geek. I'm not reading in a closet by (laughs) myself, like 24 seven, how could I be a copywriter? But what were some of the other personal limiting beliefs or cultural limiting beliefs that really influenced your journey to to running this business?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would, of course, say mindset, you know, overcoming mindset for a long time. A lot of people didn't really see me, I would say, in the online space until 2020. Mm -hmm. But I've been working with clients in this space since 2017. But I did like minimal kind of behind the scenes stuff because I really wasn't clear on who I was and what I wanted to accomplish. I Got really clear when I hired my first coach in August of 2019. That's kind of when things started coming together. But for two, over two years, I mean, I was just working (laughs) my nine to five job in marketing. I was bringing in like one to $2,000 a month, just like hustling when I could outside of my job, just trying to build some type of recognition and, you know, get my name out there as much as I could at that time until I realized my business coach asked me a question and she said, what amount of money would make you stay at your current job? (laughs) And I really couldn't put a number on it, you know, like it's such a hard question. I
0: know we... Mike and I have this conversation at least once a year of like, he'll say, even if somebody offered me $2 million a year, I wouldn't take it. I would not trade my freedom, my business, my, my entrepreneurial spirit to work for somebody else ever again.
1: Yeah. And that's kind of what I was like, okay. So I started, and the thing is, is like I started working on my mindset a lot then to be able to, I set a goal to quit my job, you know, around December of 2019. And I did, I quit my job and I went full time with my business. But the thing is, is mindset work is consistent. Like just earlier today, I was thinking about, okay, I feel like I need to like reel my mindset back in. Cause it's, it's getting to be summer. And I don't know about you, but when it gets to be nice, I don't want to work at all. I'm like, let me go outside. So I'm like, okay, we need to adjust the mindset. It's not even that nice out yet. There's plenty <laughs> of time. we got work to do. So it's, it's like a constant, you know, when you're in charge of your own schedule and your own time and your own life, it's an amazing thing, but you also need to like hold yourself accountable. So that's, that's something that most days I'm very good at, but there are certain days where I'm like, I just want to go outside. I don't want to work. I just want to go. Like yesterday, um, my friend went, you know, snowboarding, and I was like, I want to come, but I didn't because I already had a VIP day scheduled. So I was like, I need to be a responsible person still, and just get this work done.
0: I love it. I it it, it, it is it is such a hard balance because you're an entrepreneur because you want to live the life you live and make your own schedule, but then you set these obligations. Like, I mean, I'm totally guilty of it. I'm like, man, I scheduled an Instagram live, and I would it's beautiful outside, but now I'm stuck, you know, hosting it, but I did it to myself. I scheduled my own mm-hmm. and I do this every wedding season. Like I get to September, October, and I'm like, next year, I'm only booking 50%. And then January comes and I'm like, book it all, just book it all. And then it's just this <laughs> this cyclical <laughs> right. thing. right? Becca, yeah. I want to hear more about your, your VIP days. Tell us, tell okay. us more about, about those.
1: Yeah. So VIP days actually, came to life short after I quit my job. Um, I think I started selling those in March, 2020 and nobody bought them. (laughs) Nobody bought them for weeks or maybe months. I honestly don't remember. All I remember was the pandemic hit and I started losing clients left and right. And I, of course, went into panic mode because- I just quit my job three months prior. I wasn't expecting this. I was expecting, you know, my consistency that I'd worked so hard building over the last couple of years, but that didn't happen. So instead, I did what I could. I was like, I need to think of something. I need to create a new offer. I need to create something that will get people what they want in a condensed period of time. Like people need it now. And I was trying so hard to sell them for $9.97, under $1,000 for a full day of copywriting. Oh my gosh. It wasn't until I hired my web designer to redo my website because I was like, okay, I'm a full business now. I need a website that matches. And she saw, because I was spamming Facebook groups, of course. Yes, of course. (laughs) She she saw one of my posts and she was like, hey, I think I want to do this. And that is truly like the one thing that changed the entire momentum. For weeks, I was talking to people who were just flaking left and right. Nobody was buying. And then it really wasn't until she said, I want to do one and I could start building like some social proof, a testimonial. She could start sharing her experience with other people and that really changed everything. So that's kind of how they got started. And since they started, I've done over a hundred. <gasps> that's in amazing. Two years. Yeah, people love them. I just did one yesterday, like I said. I have another one next Tuesday. I usually try to do one a week. But VIP days are basically designed to get you your copy fast. The one thing I found being a copywriter Everyone needs their copy last minute. Yeah,
0: yesterday, yeah.
1: <laughs> Rarely are people like, hey, I'm launching this in uh, July. It's it's April now. Can we start working on this? No, people are like, hey, it's April. I need to launch it on May 3rd. I will I'm say, like,
0: I'm, I'm proud of myself because I messaged you in March and I said, I'm doing a launch in July. I just want to get on here, which normally I'm like, oh, I should have done this yesterday. But I totally could see how people would be like, oh, crap. I forgot. Yes, this.
1: I think it's because most people think that they can do the copy themselves, mm-hmm. and then there's a lot that goes into launching. Like you know that. Oh, there's girl, I was so puking
0: much. after my my <laughs> last launch. Like I called or I messaged Jenny, and I was like, I've thrown up four times today during oh. this live launch. Is this normal? And she was like, Yep, it's called the live launch flu. And I was like, I don't <laughs> want to do this anymore. But yeah, oh, they're that's exhausting.
1: Horrible. Yes, they're terrible. And there's so many components that go into it, especially if you're like filming a course and content. The last thing that you want to do on top of all of that is write your own copy. Mm -hmm. So people, a lot of times I've found were thinking, oh, I'll do this myself. And then they get to the last minute and they're like, wait, I don't have anything done. And we're launching in like a couple weeks. Yeah. And I'm like freaking out now. I just can't do it. I just want somebody to take it off my plate. And that's where I'm like, solution VIP day. And yeah, they've been great. They're really just, again, like a condensed timeline. It's me, my computer, my thoughts for eight hours, and I'm just cranking it all out, like no distractions, which is huge for me. Mm-hmm. I when I can work distraction-free and everyone knows it's a VIP day, leave me alone. <laughs> it just works out so well. But yeah, that's kind of what it is in a day. It's just like what I can get done in an eight-hour day and then all the edits happen after the
0: fact. I love that you call it a VIP, too, because it's just like bumping you in the line for the club to the yes. very front of the line. Like, you, like yes, absolutely, there's an, op- like an option for everyone. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's so cool. Becca, I want to know, do you have three things that entrepreneurs should consider if they're trying to write their own copy? What are like the top three things that three things that you would tell them to consider?
1: That's a really good question. It's also a very tough question. Right? (laughs) Yeah.
0: It's super. I mean, yeah, there's, I'm sure you could give them 55 tips on what to focus on.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would say definitely one of my leading selling points, I guess, is personality. Mm -hmm. You are not the only photographer. I am not the only copywriter. And, you know, there's a million of everything. Everyone will always have competition. There's never just one person who does one thing. And I think that leading with personality is why people choose you know, me over the next copywriter, you over the next photographer. It's because they feel like they are connected to us with what they're reading. I think it's also really important to write, copy how you would talk. So my brand is built off of my love for snowboarding and the mountains in general. Yes.
0: It's a beautiful brand. (laughs)
1: Thank you. It's also a very chill brand. Like you wouldn't look at my brand and expect me to show up in like. A power suit on a call because that's just not who I am, and that's also not represented in my brand. So I think one, leading with personality, and two, showing up and in your brand as you would like on a call or in your work. So when people show up, they're not like, "Wait a minute, what's going on? Like, is this you? Are you the same person?" You know, we Mm -hmm. want them to feel immediately connected. Again, connection is really the heart of everything. All copy, all business, all building a brand. You want your heart to kind of show through everything mm-hmm. so that people immediately, when they hop on a call with you, they do feel like they know you and connect with you, which is obviously the goal. It's, it's <laughs> so
0: simple and it's so freaking yeah. hard. It's like one of the hardest things in business is learning how to connect and have that shine through everything that you do.
1: Yes. I mean, it. messaging is very challenging when you're trying to think of how you can make absolutely everything sound the same, how you can make your website sound like your sales page, sound like your email, sound like your social media. It's a lot. And you're like, is there a disconnect somewhere? And how do I change it? Because when things aren't selling or they're not landing, it's coming down to your messaging more often than not. Of course, there's other factors like you're maybe not getting enough traffic. You don't have any people on your email list. All those things are definitely factors. But I would say the most common root of everything is messaging. Mm -hmm. If you can't nail your message, then you're really not ever going to be connecting to anyone. And again, we need connection in order for people to buy.
0: Right, right. Absolutely. And would you say that like knowing who you're speaking to, like not those pain points, but like knowing very clearly who it is that you're speaking to?
1: Yes, that is huge. Because if you don't know who you're speaking to. Essentially, you're just speaking to everyone. And it's very commonly said and cliche, but it's true because if you are speaking to everyone, you really aren't speaking you speak to speak to no one.
0: Yep, I yes. love that quote. <laughs> it's uh, And it's, it's such a hard pill to swallow as an entrepreneur to like the thought and that fear of saying no to business in order to say yes to a lot more business is just, oh, it's so uncomfortable.
1: Yes, yes that is a hard lesson to learn. Because nobody wants to say no to business or money. Like I know one of my friends is always like, I'm so scared that they'll never refer anyone to me or leave me a bad review if I didn't think it was a good fit. And I'm like, well, maybe they won't. But maybe the people that they would refer to you anyway would also not be a great fit. There's plenty of people out there who want to support your business, who need your services, and they will find you when you speak to them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I love that's one of the biggest things that I teach in, in, in my own coaching is getting super clear on why you're the best person for them, why they're the best people for you, or like you're, the clients that you're serving, and how to communicate that. And copy is such a huge, huge piece of that. Um, Becca, you have a free training how to write a high converting sales page. Why is that so important, other than like what we've already talked about? And why is it such a passion for you?
1: Because when people, like people create programs to make money and to share, you know, their, their knowledge with others. So, to me, writing a high-converting sales page is like the only goal when you're writing a sales page. Yeah. You know, you you want it to convert. You want it to land with people. And that training does go by step by step of like every single section of a sales page and kind of gives a breakdown of it. I am a big believer in education where I can educate people to write a sales page because a lot of people will look at, a lot of people do look at sales pages. They look at them, they say, okay, I think I get what's going on here, but they don't really have that understanding, that thorough understanding of why copywriters are doing what they're doing on a sales page. So that training just takes it a step further and really walks them through section by section as to why as a copywriter, I'm doing the things that I'm doing. Because I think it's important for people to understand and know. So when next time they're looking at a sales page or writing their own sales page, they do have a better understanding of why this section is here, like and what this is supposed to look like and how we like engage the senses in this section and allow people to visualize themselves and why everything works together and why it works together so well.
0: So it's it's funny that you say engage the senses, because one of the things that I see on websites, I'm a designer, my, my husband's a designer, web designer. One of the things that I see is that people might have copy, but they don't understand typography. And you have engaged that visually, aesthetically pleasing, or your designer did very beautifully using typography to accent and communicate the copy that you already have.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So it's it's awesome that you mentioned engaging the senses because you're, you're so limited. You've got visual, you know, they mm-hmm. can't taste or hear. Most of the time you can't hear what's going on, but yeah, you've, you've done an incredible job with, with your branding on really clearly communicating who you are talking to kudos to your designer and to you, of course, (laughs) um, Beck, Becca, you have a whole team working with you. What was that like building a team? I mean, that's a terrifying step for an entrepreneur and a question that I get asked a lot as a coach, how do you know when you're ready to build a team and you have a really big team of, it looks like incredible women. What was that journey like for you hiring your first, you know, your first subcontractor, whoever yeah. it was?
1: Yeah, I mean, hiring's always scary. Um, it's it's always something where you're like, oh, could I just do this myself? Of course, it's a question we're always asking. Um, and the answer is usually mm-hmm. maybe, but you shouldn't.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's
1: kind of like my <laughs> mindset when it comes to hiring. Yeah, on my team, Ashley actually was my first hire and she has been with me for probably four or so years now. Um, and the funny thing with my hire with Ashley was I initially hired her when I was still working with a couple of clients, when I was still working my nine to five job, just for some extra support with my client workload. And there became there came a point where I actually had to temporarily like let her go because I didn't have enough work. I was just like, hey, I really appreciate everything, but right now I don't have enough to give you. Um, and as soon as business started ramping up again, you know, I hired her back to continue to support me. And she's still here all these years later. And the team has just grown since then. And the way I hire is really, really strategically. I hire people who can do things that I don't necessarily thrive at. I could spend hours trying to figure out how to build email funnels and convert kit. I could spend time like trying to figure out how to like edit contracts and, and I can do all of this stuff because I was doing it myself for a while, but what it takes me to do is way longer than what it takes my team to do. So I strategically hire people who are experts in certain areas rather than like a general across the board. But like when I started, I had Ashley kind of doing things general across the board. And now everyone has like very clear defined roles. So they're also only working in their zone of genius, which is amazing because I I get to just work in my zone of genius and I love it. Exactly. Everybody benefits. (laughs) There's been times where I was on teams before and I was supposed to be doing copy and they're like, well, do you also do the design? Do you also upload them into the emails? Do you also schedule the blog post? And I'm like, I don't do any of that. I am just a copywriter. I write your copy and then it's up to you, which is why I actually recently made the switch, which has been a long transition in itself of moving from just me and with my team behind me supporting me to a whole black diamond copy code team where now people can hire everyone on the team. They can hire a couple people. They can hire, you know, just me still, whatever it is, so that everything works seamlessly together on the back end. And now if somebody needs us to write their copy for their email funnels, we can also just go in and build up the funnels because we're leveraging everybody and it's made it so much easier on our clients.
0: It's like a well oiled machine. And that that is such a hard conversation. Becca, to have with yourself of what am I? What do I suck at, or what do I just not? What am I not good at? Mm. And that's I feel like that's such a pivotal change for for entrepreneurs, especially women, for us to admit I'm not good at something and I need someone else to take this over. That's a that's a pivotal moment for entrepreneurs, and I feel like right before major growth really happens is when you get honest with yourself about what you what you are not good at or what somebody else can do a lot better and quickly and seamlessly and like you said where their you know zone of genius is yeah
1: yeah it's really made all the difference and i highly recommend hiring people who are like experts at what they're great at because they're an expert for a reason so when you get that help one it frees up a lot of your time like i really truly do spend all of my days in my inbox because I choose to like my director of operations could answer my emails, but I enjoy again, people person here. (laughs) I enjoy like being in my inbox. I enjoy being on my own Instagram and like in my DMS, I enjoy, you know, doing the sales calls and writing the copy. But those are kind of the only things I'm responsible for now, which is amazing. Like I don't manage the team. If something comes up where we need a team project to get spread out. I just tell my director of operations and she gets it handled. She schedules it, she assigns it. And I really don't need to worry about that, which is amazing to be at that spot in my business. But yeah, I will say I do recommend hiring like a hundred percent.
0: That's amazing. I want to know, Becca, what has been one of your favorite failures? Oh boy.
1: <laughs> that is a tough question. Favorite failures. I would say... um Probably trying to do everything. And what I mean by Mm -hmm. that is not trying to do everything in my business. I mean, I was trying to offer like all the things like I, like I said, I started as a VA and then a social media manager and then I did Pinterest management for a while. And honestly, when I was doing all those things, I feel like I was just distracting myself from like fully immersing myself and committing to one thing, which was copywriting. So Even last year when I started the year, I think I I was still doing a lot of Pinterest, but then they changed the algorithm. And I think it maybe was even sooner because there were so many people all of a sudden on Pinterest from the pandemic starting. And they started changing the algorithm, of course. Like before, Pinterest was a great spot for business because you could leave and go to other websites. It was a great place to get traffic. But then they started changing the algorithm to make it so that you stayed on there, of course. Like they didn't want you to leave. And my clients just started dropping like flies. They were like, this is not working anymore. You know, I used to be able to look at it and say, oh, I'll buy. This is what this will be your account growth. And it was very accurate, but it's not like that anymore. And Pinterest changing their algorithm, me losing all these clients. I was like, you know what? I'm done doing anything else. I'm just going to do copy. It's what I'm really good at. And I think it's just time for me to dedicate all my attention to it. So it was kind of a failure by like algorithm. (laughs) But I was I was also not interested enough to try to figure out ways around it. I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I think I really just need to stick to one thing, stick to copy. And it was definitely been the best decision I've ever like made, even if it was by default of like losing those clients and, you know, having to question everything
0: <laughs> as we always do. Well, and it's it's those moments, it's those, you know, quote unquote failures um, that send you off into a different trajectory. Like you would not be here with a beautiful business and an incredible brand and reputation, if you hadn't said, you know what, I'm throwing in the towel, like this is not working now. And I'm going to, I'm just going to jump all into this copyright. Yeah,
1: Yeah. it was definitely something that needed to happen. And I'm so glad that it did, because it's the one thing that I truly love
0: doing. Oh my gosh. That makes me so happy. So where, Becca, where do most of your clients find you? Is it on Pinterest? Is it Instagram? Is it your SEO work that you've done? How, like as a copywriter, how do people find you?
1: So actually none of those. Um, I will say (gasps) word of mouth. Yeah. Yeah. It's all referral based. Honestly, by this point, most of my clients, of course there are a couple who do come from you know, finding me through Instagram, but a lot of people come through referrals, which is really incredible to have such like a that's powerful. Yes. And I do have a lot of repeat clients, which is also incredible being in a field where you kind of work with somebody. Typically, like once, uh, you know, I write their website copy once and then they have it and they typically don't change it for a while. So having like repeat clients truly is an incredible thing. Um, and then, yes.
0: That's a huge testimony. That's like one of the biggest compliments to have people come back who are like, this worked last time, do it again. I know.
1: It is it is incredible because I there's such a fear when you work with a copywriter that people aren't going to be able to get your voice. That's like the number one thing that comes up for me is like, well... How how do you learn my voice? So it's definitely really incredible that like, you know, one, people come and trust in the first place and then second, that they loved it and the experience enough to come back a second time or a third.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Becca, do you ever just like sit and reflect on where you've come from? Like I think as entrepreneurs, it's so important that we take that time, whether we're 30 minutes into our business, 10 years into our business to reflect because you have really big things happening in your life in the next few months. And I'm sure a lot of it comes from your business's success. You're building a home. You just bought land in New York. You're building a home in Colorado. What does that reflection time look like for you?
1: That's actually, ironically, again... Something that I wrote about today to my email list, I wrote an email kind of all about how in the online business world, I feel like our mindset of what a successful business is, is really warped because I was, it is. I was reading on LinkedIn, how it takes an average an average business three to four years to even make a profit, which when I think of is, yeah, it sounds crazy because we're so used to like this fast success. And when I think about where I came from in, you know, 2017, 2018, 2019, like that was not my route at all. Like I was not seeing those fast numbers, but at that point I also didn't care. I was just so happy to be able to like make some money on the side. My goal was not 10 K months or anything like that. It wasn't, I feel like 10 K months until I was like, Oh my gosh, I really need to like, do this full time. I need to support myself, all this stuff. That's kind of when I feel like my mindset changed. And then really immersing myself into it as a full-time business owner, it's just you're surrounded constantly by all of these wins, win, 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 like millions of dollars, all this crazy stuff. And it's just really like, oh my gosh, the point of the newsletter was kind of like, you know, when is enough enough? When
0: is, Oh my yeah, gosh! When is, that question.
1: When is enough enough? Because once you hit, you know, a certain amount, then you are like, "Well, I want the next amount," and then it's the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing. And it's like, when when are you going to be satisfied? And it's a question that I don't have the answer to. You know, the subject line was it's rhetorical. <laughs> like, I really I don't know, but what I try to do is I do try. Um, not very good at it, but I try to journal like every morning, and you know, just like really sit in appreciation. I also feel like I try to celebrate but it's not something that I'm very good at. I'm not very good at celebrating cuz to me it's like well what am I what am I supposed to celebrate? I try to do like a sticky note wall where I have, you know, some big wins if it's like somebody wants to hire me again, like I'll put that on the wall cuz that's a win for me so I can look over and kind of see those um, moments of celebration. So I try to like, I'm a big writer down person. I want to write everything down. So yeah. I no,
0: really? I want to <laughs> stick it on the
1: wall and I want to like sit and think about it. So I try to be mindful. I try to do that. I, I do enjoy looking back and a newsletter I wrote for for next week talks about my experience of like first moving to Denver and what my life was like back then and the goals that seem so crazy and out of reach and just reflecting on that piece of you know how far I truly have come because that land that I bought in New York, I also bought with two of my best friends who I lived with in Denver. We all met here. We lived in the house. It was really chaotic. We were really poor. <laughs> we were all just out here trying to do the best that we could at the time. And,
0: and, and, and snowboard, of course. I
1: didn't even snowboard at that point. No way. Uh, I, I learned uh, three years ago, this is my third w- winter doing it.
0: Oh my gosh. That's amazing.
1: So it is really crazy. And now, you know, I'm the only one that lives here. One of them lives in uh, the UK and the other one lives in Boise, Idaho. So I wrote about kind of that experience about how we went from, as as my friend Mike said, we went from roommates to lot mates.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah. It's so funny that you bring that up because on social media, especially all you see is the tip of the iceberg. You don't see all the junk that's happening to lead to that itty bitty little curated tip. But at the same time, depending on where you are in business, your pillars for success change. Like same, same as you, I was like, I just want to go to the grocery store on Tuesday mornings. Like to me, that's success. Like I've, I've made it. I'm not at a nine to five. Mm -hmm. Then it turned into, well, I just want to replace my income that I had at my corporate job. But that is such a vicious cycle, because there's always going to be another amount of money that you're going to chase after. And so uh, Becca, for you at this stage of your business, what are like your three pillars of success, like how you define success, other than financially in your life? Is it having a team? Is it buying land out of state? Is it building a home? What are the pillars for you that make you feel like, okay, I have made it? I am here at least for this chapter.
1: Yeah, those are such great questions. I think what I'm trying to do in my business right now is currently focusing really on my team aspect because I would love to be the team where people go to for everything, you know, not just Mm -hmm. copy, but they are going for that like tech support, they are going for design, they are going for SEO, they're going for all the things. So for me, like that is my next. Pillar is like I would love inquiries to come who don't need copy and who need other support. You know, that would be a huge win for me, is like we made it, guys. They don't even need me. They're here for you, for the company. (laughs) Like that would be incredible. But yeah, I mean, I would say it is really, really incredible that my business has allowed me to, you know, buy two plots of land, which is incredible. You know, I'm I'm from upstate New York where I bought the land. So I'm very excited that I'll be able to you know build a home close to my parents um, I'm very much looking forward to that because they love it out here but I also would love to be closer to them so it's kind of gonna be you know a happy medium and it, the ability to do that is just very exciting um, at this point in my life and I'm very grateful for my business for that and then yeah the third thing I would say is just And we're kind of we're already doing it, like, but having like a referral based business, it just it just means so much to me. Like, it's something I'm so proud of uh, because it really helps me kind of alleviate that pressure of endlessly marketing. And I still show up for my business. I still, you know, post on Instagram four times a week. I'm still on my stories actively, but it alleviates some of that pressure to just have a referral based business and know that people like appreciate the work I've done for them enough to to send their friends. It's it's just huge. And that means so much to me.
0: That's amazing, Becca. And I'm embarrassed to say this, but I just made the connection with <laughs> with snowboarding and black diamond. And I love, I love the extremeness of it, of like <laughs> like I avoid black diamonds. I mean I haven't gone skiing since I was in the seventh grade, oh but goodness. I snowboarded through college. Okay. <laughs> and even whenever I I mountain bike, I've been on a couple black diamonds mountain biking, but I'm like
1: You won't catch me on a mountain bike. Absolutely no chance. I don't want to ride a bike on the road. No bikes for
0: me. Yeah. You won't catch me doing snow sports, but, but, um, but yeah, Black Diamond, it's just, it's this like extremist approach. And I just love that your whole business embodies that like you, you're only attracting people who are like ready to do the thing and really commit to, to following their own passion. It's just, I just made that connection. I was like, Oh, there it is.
1: You're not the only one it has like a, you know, one of my clients even was like, Oh, I didn't realize that your business name was because of your outdoor love for sports until like, I'm posting pictures like snowboarding on the weekend. But yeah, no, it's, it's something where actually it was collective. Last year, we do a big group trip every year. This year, you know, we went to Tahoe. Last year, we went to Park City. It's like 15, 20 people all come together from across the country. It's, it's a really fun time. And last year we were talking about it because I was like, you know, I don't want to just be before my business name was Becca Martin creative co. And I was like, I don't want to just be Becca. I want to be like a whole company. I want to be something where people are like, I want to hire this company and something bigger. Yeah. Yes. than just me, because I really couldn't do it alone. So I, I wanted to, you know, tie in the whole team. And we were sitting at dinner at Park City and one of – I was brainstorming names, brainstorming names. And then my cousin-in-law, she was the one who actually was like, well, what about Black Diamond? And I was like, that's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect.
0: That's it. Yeah, I was I like, that it. is
1: it. And it stuck and I love it. And I it, it incorporates my love for the mountains and kind of, yeah, like you said, just it's my passion built into the brand, which I think is very impactful for the right.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Becca, this is my last question and I love ending our time with this question, but when was the last time that you didn't feel like enough?
1: Hmm. Yesterday. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) Perfect. Yep.
1: Yep. It's always like you with photography, you know, writing is so, it's so personal and it, feels every single time I go to send somebody their copy like yesterday when I sent off my VIP day copy it was a little more intimidating than usual because it was a completely new industry that I actually didn't really know anything about and they they trusted me to write their copy knowing that they were explaining everything to me about the industry and i always have this deep moment of panic where i'm like everything i write is trash <laughs> and um <laughs> Yeah, until I until I hear back from them, I just sit in a little bit of panic or I distract myself. So yeah, yesterday. That's when I that's when I didn't feel enough.
0: I love it. It just humanizes you and the business. And again, when you're only seeing the tip top of the iceberg, it just makes it so much more real. Um, Becca, I am so grateful that you showed up here today. So So authentically for us, um, where can people find you? Where would you like people to contact you, to reach out, to to learn more about what you do to get to be a part of your free training?
1: Yeah, you guys can head to my website. It's blackdiamondcopy.co and then you can judge my website copy and see if it resonates with you. (laughs) Um, but yes, I do have um that free sales page training on there um and a couple other things as well that you can download. And then on my Instagram, it's just Black Diamond Copy Co. I would love for Perfect. to reach out and let me know you found me here.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna put um all the ways to contact Becca in, in the show notes. But I am just I am just so um fascinated by you and what you're doing and so proud of you for like ignoring uh or I guess just getting out of your own way and not letting your mind stop you from doing such amazing work for for people and really just leading your your dream life. I'm so proud of you and so excited that I've got to work with you and excited for the future together. Yes,
1: I'm excited too. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, all right. We'll see you next time. Thank you guys.